Good afternoon, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast at Fortress of the Mind. And in this podcast, I'm going to be talking with my friend Ace Johnson, who was the, or who is the uh, co-founder of the knife manufacturing company Delta2Alpha.com. Great guy, good friend of mine. And he just came back from a long trip to Australia, in which he visited some obscure places, among them the island of Tasmania, which at least to Americans and Canadians, is obscure. I'm sure to Australians they might find that statement a little bit of <laughs> maybe a little bit disconcerting, but I don't think I've met anyone who's been to Tasmania except Ace. And he had some pretty interesting adventures out there, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about that. So it's going to be a little bit of a change of pace from the usual, maybe uh, uh, serious uh, life life-related subjects that I've been uh, talking about lately here and just kind of a let your hair down podcast. So let me get him on the horn here and we can get started with that. So just bear with me as I do that. And good evening. This is Quintus Curtius coming back again at Fortress of the Mind podcast. And with me tonight, I have Ace Johnson, the co-owner of Delta 2 Alpha, which is a knife manufacturing company and production company that we've featured on previous podcasts. And I'm fortunate to have him with me here again to do another discussion here on the podcast because this guy is great. And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. This uh, knife company uh, makes an incredible product. And it's once that more their website, delta2alpha.com, and they can find out all about the products there, which are, you know, made in Italy, fabricated uh, there, and, and distributed uh, in Canada and the United States, and people get a better appreciation for what real workmanship is. Ace, are you with me there? I sure am. Oh, never am better. Listen, I, I appreciate you being with us here tonight. I heard that you were telling me that you just came back from a long trip, right? Yes, sir. Where were you? I was exploring Australia for uh, a little bit more than the month of February. Wow. So, so I was in Brisbane, was mainly where I was based out of, but went out to the Gold Coast, uh, Adelaide, Ballarat, and uh, have you have you ever been? I have not. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that I have not been there. I would like to be there, uh, and it's it's on my it's on my bucket list of places to visit. But no, I, it's 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 never it, it, uh, my path has never crossed with it. So. One of these the, days. The hidden gem of Australia is is Tasmania. Um, wow. If I if I can do the trip over again, like I spent four days in Tasmania and Hobart, yeah. like like they have a museum there, pretty much the layer of a James Bond villain. Uh, wow. it's, it's just wild. But if I go through and go over again, I probably would have spent two weeks in two weeks in Tasmania. It's just gorgeous. You know, it's because anyone who's even been there, like you, no one ever talks about it. You never hear anybody talking about it, or exactly. Uh, so what, what what did you was it the natural beauty the life the people what, what what was the what was the deal so the the natural beauty for sure i don't think there's a straight or a flat stretch of road there more than a couple hundred yards wow so you're like like where i was staying i stayed with an airbnb and walked out and we were kind of up on this up on this uh, peak and I'm looking down on this bay with this beautiful view and it kind of, Tasmania kind of looks like New Zealand but a little less 
like Mordor, like a little, uh, <laughs> a little greener, like right. New Zealand uh, cross with uh, Costa Rica. Yeah. And so I walk out the door of this place, and I'd never used Airbnb before. Forty bucks a night. Oh my! God. And I'm looking at this view, and I'm like, yeah, Air Airbnb is where it's at. So, sure. so why does it not get the tourist volume? Is that just is it just so remote, and so out of the way that people just don't get there, or is it a hit? They, are they are the Australians keeping it a secret, or what? Well, what was interesting is talking to the Australians. Is a lot of them haven't been there. They're like, oh yeah, it's Aussie, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but you should go there. Right. Uh, it's just just gorgeous. Uh, I think they're starting to go through and get a little more tourism going. One of the things that was fascinating about Tasmania, because it is fairly remote, uh, a lot of their meat, uh, their wine, um, their produce, a lot of it is grown in Tasmania. Oh so yeah, like they, they, yeah. They have soda companies there, and they they do a lot of a lot of their consumables come from the island, which is really cool. Well, you know, I would bet the lamb there must be incredible. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, lamb meat, and uh, I know that New Zealand is uh, well. I can't speak for Tasmania, but I know New Zealand has a big lamb uh, husbandry industry, and I would assume that lamb is probably cheap there, right? Is that am I right or wrong about that? Very, very, very cheap. And when you get the, when you get out in the country, you quickly realize that there is four or five lamb for every person. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. You know, man. You know, we we talk about kebabs, like um, you know, grilled meats, uh, in terms of whether uh, you know beef or lamb or whatever you know lamb marinated lamb kebabs you know the vegetable the best absolutely the best i mean you lamb is uh, at least for me anyway i don't know what your feelings are about it but i just love it i just can't get enough of it there's there yeah so so there's a big difference between lamb and an old sheep there, there is a there's a big difference and, really and their lamb their lamb is great but mutton is not for me yeah the uh, the, the lamb is cheap like so what i would pay 25 dollars or thirty dollars Canadian for there was like ten bucks. Oh man! Yeah, that's great. Uh, the the other thing that's really really interesting about Australia is their price of cheese. As an example, you can get a you can get a brick of cheese the size of a like a like a block of C four for like eight bucks <laughs> Australian, which is which is about right. five dollars US. Where here cheese is very very expensive. Well, you know what people, you know what Ace, that the thing that, that people forget, at least Americans anyway, uh, if they ever even think about Australia, but it's a continent. That's what people don't, it's a huge, it's a continent. And I've even talked to Australians that haven't even been to Perth, you know, like the, the cities on the, on the, um, the, uh, the western uh, side of the country, uh, or is it eastern? I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know frame of reference I would use, but I guess if you're I would. I guess per, it's on the the edge, the edge that's that faces the Indian Ocean. I guess that would be. Um, I suppose. I suppose that would be the western side. But in any case, there there are people that haven't even been to different parts of Australia. Never mind, you know, islands uh, off the coast of the country. But it's a, it's a continent. It's huge. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's only really populated. Like Canada's populated along the coast and along the U.S. border and then up the other coast. Right. Australia's, Australia's only populated around, uh, around the exterior. And part of it is because in the middle there's resources, but it is a very austere environment. Right. Very, 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 very inhospitable. 
Well, it's good for filming chases for Mad Max movies, but that's <laughs> that's that's about uh, and mining, I think. But you might have difficulty doing uh, doing much more than that. But you know, we, you and I have talked about this before. You're a, you're a, a big enthusiast of travel gear and survival gear, and obviously it goes without saying knives, things like that. Did you? Uh, you know, after having read my articles about Robert Young Pelton's uh, travel tips and survival gear trips, did you come to any, do you have any comments about that or new conclusions to share with us about your trip? Uh, absolutely. So I actually shared uh, shared one of the articles on the, on the travel advice. Uh, I actually shared it today. Uh, both those articles are very, very well done. Uh, the equipment list is, is definitely geared towards people that are going well off the beaten path. Right, right. Where a lot of my traveling is, has been in uh, in more built up, more urbanized places. So my my gear list is a little bit is a little bit different. But I went with with a backpack that would have held I don't know uh, twenty five or thirty liters, and that's what I went to Australia with. Wow. And so there's 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 some things that are very very liberating about traveling that light. And I had like before that I was I was like most people I was a suitcase traveler. But there's a big advantage to being able to, like, with within an hour or less, have everything you own packed and be moving. Yeah. And just interrupt you, Ace, just for, for the listeners who might not know. The articles that we're referring to is that I, I published on my blog uh, last week or about 10 days ago. Well, within the past 10 days, uh, two articles where I featured some travel advice by the by the founder of uh, Dangerous Places Travel, uh, Robert Young Pelton. He's a author of the most uh, world's most dangerous places, and I'm I'm just kind of enthusiastic about stuff like that. I, I love traveling off the beaten pack, and I know that Ace does too. And we've we've talked about this. And as a as a knife guy, he's um, always looking for ways to <laughs> to put himself <laughs> in dangerous situations. Or, or is Allegedly. that an exaggeration? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> so did you? So uh, so um, so what? What things about the um, the equipment list did you agree with or disagree with? Did you have any comments on that? Um. Yeah. So my uh, the 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 way that I travel and I I've gone through and more or less not looked at what other people are doing and laid out my own way and just kind of. Uh, kind of found what was going to work for me. Uh, I wasn't traveling in, in places where I was going to be in jungle and things like that. So it was more of an urbanized setting. Part of it, looking at clothing, is, okay, well, what what few pieces of clothing am I going to, going to be able to get the most mileage out of? So right. if I'm going to dinner, uh, what is it that I'm going to be able to wear to kind of be in place? Or, or, so not be out of place, not look completely underdressed. Um, going through, there's a company called Ex Officio. They make absolutely great underwear. Uh, so I've took two pairs of underwear for, for a little over a month. And I know that sounds wow. gross, but... Uh, no, you wash them in the sink. You wash them in the sink. You rotate them. And that's what I do. That's assume. What are they made out of? Is it... What's the, what's the fabric? Some type of base-aged material. It dries really, really quickly. It's yeah, antimicrobial. Yeah. And like you're saying, you know, a little, little bit of shampoo or whatever I get a hold of, uh, wash them in the sink, and you could hang them up. Nice thing about Australia is because it's so hot, your clothes dry real quick. Oh, yeah. No, I do that all the time. I mean, that's why, I, I mean, when I'm 
when I'm in Brazil, I mean, I take, you know, only a couple pairs of socks and underwear and you just rotate you 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 wash them in the shower or the sink you dry them you hang them up that's it i mean that's that's just that's the only way to i mean uh, absolutely it goes without saying i would think um socks but uh when um uh, i i took two pairs of merino wool socks as an example for for the same type of reason um when i was there i heard some people talking about bamboo fibers but didn't really try them out and same thing you can you can get a few days out of them because the antimicrobial they're really good for really good for wicking and one of the one of the lessons anyone that's been in the military the boy scouts knows is you take care of your feet oh yeah oh yeah absolutely and so now were you doing a lot of hiking or what what sort of physical activity were you getting involved in uh not a lot of hiking on purpose but when I'm in other countries, I tend not to drive. I wound up driving in Australia, which is, well, we can talk about that later, but they're all backwards from you, which right. is really, really disorienting. The uh, When I was in Tasmania, I did a little bit of hiking over the Wine Glass Bay, which is, uh, the Wine Glass Bay is one of the top wilderness beaches in the world, in the, in right. the top 10, which means you have to hike to it. Uh, right. And then I decided on my last night in Hobart, because I misunderstood how Airbnb works, I thought that the, the last night was that you were staying, but the last night is when you're checking out. So I wound up not having a place and figured, well, whatever, how bad could this be? So I decided, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So no, I've done that. It's funny. I've done that. Oh, so like the, the last day, like you had to be out by noon on the last day that you were there, and you figured you might be able to stay through the through the night or or the entire day basically well i i didn't real like my flight my flight left on friday and i didn't have a place to stay thursday night and i kind of figured that out when i was there so being fairly fairly polite and not wanting to kind of put anyone out i did i figured well whatever i'm gonna work out late i'll stay out late uh i i was at the slaughterhouse gym which is uh which is a very very well-known powerlifting gym uh run by a by a man by the name of howlett the strongest guy in Australia. He was built like a refrigerator. So I worked out late there, cool, went over, got a bite to eat, and figured, I'm just going to walk to the airport. Like, how far could this be? <laughs> right. Famous last words, right? Yeah. So that was that was probably around 18 miles that I walked oh God. Uh, with, uh, with, a, with about 25 pounds in my pack. And and I I didn't realize how far this was going to be, but I'm I'm about halfway into it. I'm like I've committed to this, I've committed to this decision. I'm going to see this through. And the next thing, right? And the next thing I know, I'm walking out on a country road with this with a full moon lighting me up, and I'm like, you know, there aren't any apex predators here, and I don't think the venomous stuff is going to come bother me on the road. <laughs> right, right. Oh man. So you humped 18 miles? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, in, in like a pair of blue oh, jeans man. and like just not knowing that that's what that was going to be. So my oh, advice man. for anyone that thinks that that's a good idea, it's not a good idea. Uh, don't, don't do that. There, just <laughs> don't do right. that. There, there's way better ways to spend five hours. Oh, man. Oh, that's, that's great. That is a great story. So, and so... This was all at night then, so you left in the evening and you got there at what time? I I got there. I think it was about two o'clock or three o'clock. I I finished oh, a good yeah, workout. I, I pulled 
I pulled a deadlift, a personal best, which was 458, 458 pounds. Wow, I pulled nice. on a deadlift, nice, uh, which nice. was pretty good for me. I was weighing about 180 then. Uh, still am about 180. So that was that was personal best. Figured I was going to reward myself with a nice nice lamb dinner, actually, at a restaurant. All right. All right. Big and, uh, and then, yeah, I decided to walk back. <laughs> so... Yeah, this is, uh, I left there 10, 30, 11 at night, and uh, I got there about, yeah, 2, 3 in the morning. Oh, man. So were you, the, the plane, you must have been sore as hell on the plane then, right? Just the next day? What was that like? I've lived going, from, going immediately from lifting and then an 18-mile hump. I mean, you must have been feeling it, right, the next day? Yeah, I, I got back to Brisbane and had my buddy drop me off. So Australia's got tons and tons of these uh, Asian massage parlors. All right. And so, so I tell my buddy, okay, I uh, I want to check out one of these massage parlors. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. I actually need a massage. I need some gal that's gonna get in there in there with her elbows. Like I don't, right. you know, no happy. Like I need a massage. So went to this place and I was like skeptical. No, no, like like at one point she's like up on my back with her knees and she's this one was all elbows. It was probably one of the most intense massages I've had in my entire life. But, oh, yeah, uh, no, massages are great. I mean, I I used to do them, you know, there's a, in the city that I live in, there's a, like a, um, a training institute for massage therapists, and they offer, like the students have a clinic, and they they sell massages to the public, and it's a, it's a very good deal. I used to do it a lot. I don't do it so much anymore, but... Uh, that's that's great, Ace. Uh, I I just think it's funny that you that's a, that that that's a good story. That's the kind of stuff that uh, you got to do when you're young. Like you have you, you know you just get roped into a, a project like that. That's great. Did you encounter any animals along the way, or any craziness, or drivers harassing you, or any any funny stories come out of that? Well, what what I can tell you is is people in general, but it seems more specifically. Asians, and this isn't being racist. This is this is what I saw. They don't really seem to understand how to behave around a wild animal. Yeah. Um, so, as an example, circling around an emu, and an emu is it's a little smaller than an ostrich, and they can kick you and break your leg. Uh, right. Or, or like a kangaroo that you know is six feet high, circling around those things like these these are not your these are not your dog. They're not your friend's dog. And try to hand feed them and, and mess with them, and people die every year from kangaroos because on their on their hind feet, which are very very powerful, they have these three claws, and they get a hold of you and they will stick that claw in. They rip out your iliac or your femoral. Oh my and, god! Yeah, right, yeah. and it and yeah. people bleed to death. So that that yeah, was not, yeah, really yeah. interesting to watch, where where people are just kind of like messing with these things and. I guess it's a little bit of a different situation in Australia. Up in Canada, we have apex predators. Um, in Australia, the things that will kill you typically have venom. Yeah, insects. Like, what, now, when you say apex, you mean like bears, grizzlies, things like that, right? Like, like actual man hunter, uh, man eating, uh, you know, types of uh, cougars, mountain lions, pumas, which are right. apparently all the same thing. Uh, a few varieties of wolf, bear, right? A few varieties of bear, right? Brown bears, brown bears, black bears, grizzlies. But even yeah. even something like a moose, or 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 or, a, or an elk, or something like that, 
they these are big, powerful animals, and they will make no bones about it. Uh, it happens. It happens once in a while where there's some tourists that, um, once again, it, it's unfortunate, but they think it's a good idea to smear honey on their kids' fingers so the bear can lick it off for a good picture. Oh my God! Well, that a works bear? well. As you th- yeah, that works about as well as you think it does. Oh man, yeah, um, that's just Jesus. That's freaking stupid, man. That's well, I mean, well, bears. I would expect that, but I didn't. I didn't really realize that uh, moose will charge you like they'll. So they, without even without any provocations, like if you get you get in the way of a male moose, he's going to come at you. Then, right? That's what you're telling me. It it depends on the season. Um, yeah, so it so it, it really depends on the season. Like if they're in the ruts or uh, or something like that, where they're they're competing for mates. Or you wind up startling them, or they're just in a bad mood. I mean, they're they they have personalities just like we do. So, yeah. and and how big a moose is is like there's a few varieties, but like oh, at they're the, big at the shoulder, yeah, they big. could be you know easily six feet or higher. And yeah. these these are an animal like they're an animal that'll dress out of a thousand pounds of meat. So you know you you're looking at eighteen hundred, two thousand pounds potentially. Like these these are big, powerful animals. Um, one yeah, one thing that yeah. they don't tell you in Aust- that, that you don't learn until you go to Australia about koalas is koalas yeah. are completely stoned. Oh, eucalyptus leaves. Yeah, they it's an intoxicant, right? I'm not. I've, I I heard two versions. I heard that it, it winds up behaving the same way as like a like a catnip or something like that, where it's a drug that works specifically on them. And I also heard that the leaves ferment in their stomach and make alcohol as part of the digestion process. Right. But you see well, I, I, well, well, I know that they live. I mean, I'm I'm right in in assuming. I I think what I've read is that they live just on the eucalyptus tree, right? They True. their diet their diet consists of one food, and that's it. True. Yeah. And somehow, some way, they get they get proper glued off it. So you right. wind up going to a koala sanctuary, and it is it's absolutely hilarious when you when like I didn't know that this was the case, and these things are just kind of like sprawled out in a tree uh i saw one move which is apparently is a big deal and kind of climbs down out of a tree walks up to another tree leans against it takes a leak walks back scratches its ass and climbs back up and goes to sleep like it wow very, yeah really it was it was pretty it's pretty hilarious but you don't you don't know that until you go there because i i never knew that they were stoned all the time it was, it was pretty amusing well, it sounds like it was a great trip, and I guess uh, you probably didn't have a chance to. I mean, did you bring one of your knives with you there? One of the one of the Delta to Alpha products there, or, or is that not really allowed for the flights? I mean, how how does that is that something you do or not do typically? So when I travel, just a backpack, no checked luggage, uh, carrying carrying a blade is obviously a uh, a bit of an issue. Right. And I just didn't want to have to deal with it. Uh, also. Uh, with uh, Australia and Britain and some other countries, the knife laws are completely different. Like by comparison, Canada and the U.S. Uh, are the Wild West, <laughs> as one would expect. Uh, Australia has recently changed their laws, so uh, so our knives can be imported there. Uh, and I had some people contact me. I verified that when I was there. Like they have, you can you can get a spider co and stuff like that there went through and verified that that was in fact the way it was, but it varies a bit from state to state there. And yeah. so I said, okay, well, sure. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ship them over. I can't guarantee what your customs does, but you know, I'll crank these things down so they don't flick open or anything like that. And 
I'll uh, I'll show you how to how to make it right later if you need to. Um, so we didn't we didn't travel with that. One of the products that we have is called is called the Mark. Yeah. And we're getting ready to relaunch it. The initial ones were uh, we went through a few a uh, few versions. One was made out of ABS plastic, and then we went through and looked at we wanted some brighter color options, so we went with what we call puckboard, but it's a uh, high density polyethylene. Um, right. So uh, shatter resist, like shatterproof. Um, I mean, to, to get this thing to to break, you it would involve uh, you either lighting it on fire, freezing with liquid nitrogen, and hitting with a hammer. Now, for the for those for those that don't know, Ace, um, the Mark, which I have, uh, you've actually given me one, which I appreciate. Uh, it's actually a a self defense tool. It's a it's almost like a plastic brass knuckles, almost that that has a, a multi it's a multitasking tool. It can be used for a variety of different things. Um, how would you describe it? I mean, what you give me what your your impression of what of how would how would you describe it? The the mark uh, comes from uh, the name comes from that it's shaped like a question mark. We initially designed it uh, as a purse hanger for women. Uh, right. The ones of high density poly, polyethylene will hold you know forty pounds. I actually have a have a video of me holding this thing, uh, holding up a kettlebell with it. Uh, and so, wow. so initially it was for women to hang their purse off the end of a table or, or things like this. And then doing a lot of traveling, um, I always found that, okay, I always, I always picked the bathroom stall that had the hook taken off of it. So if I need to hang up my jacket or my laptop bag, or, you know, you're, you're a big, scary, strong man. And I'm just going to wait till you drop trout to seal your stuff. Right. I'll just pull it over right. under the floor. And then now I have, right. depending on, depending on your feel, the contents of your laptop could be worth millions, right? You could have some very, very interesting designs I want to get a hold of. So just, just going through and having it for that, uh, for those purposes, um, before the podcast, I was at a, at a restaurant having, having supper with my father and, uh, on my way out, uh, going to the bathroom and there's no hook there. So we just took it, hung it over the hinge and was able to hang up my jacket but we're finding people using these things for all sorts of stuff, a tablet stand and, and things like that. So you can go through and use a cantilever, prop it up. So it, so it holds, uh, holds the tablet and, uh, seen, right. seen people hook onto a dog leash so they can walk, uh, walk their dog, uh, short, but if they need to, if it's a working dog, they can go through and just, uh, go through and, uh, quickly release it and send the thing out to do what it needs to do. Uh, it's strong enough for nice. guys to, uh, hang up their plate carriers and stuff like that. So uh, when they're over there and they don't want some type of scorpion or fire ant or something like that in it, it's it's really really neat. Yeah. Getting a lot of yeah. different uses. And we keep finding people people using it for different things. Opening bottles. Uh, yeah, that's true. I I guess I could see that. Yeah, and you guys offer these at your website, right? The uh, delta two alpha dot com, right? Absolutely. We're getting ready to relaunch them out of uh, out of. Uh, there'll be some out of carbon fiber. There'll be some out of G10, which is a silica-based fiber composite. Uh, the real advantage of the of the G10 over the over the carbon fiber is you can get it in a in, in a whole host of different colors. You can get it in red or pink or yellow or what, whatever you're into. The uh, the G10 yeah. ones um, will pro- we haven't tested. We haven't been able to break them yet. It should be able to hang your body weight, and I assume you're probably about 200 pounds. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably closer to where where you are. I think right now I'm about between 175, 180, somewhere around there. Like um, belt. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
but no i I think it's it's pretty innovative. I, I like stuff like that because it doesn't look like anything you would think of as a self-defense. It just looks like a piece of you know you know plastic or or some sort of implement or some some sort of uh, design tool or something. So, but that that's that's the type of stuff that's that's useful. You were but, uh, you were asking about some of the gear and things like that 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 I like to travel. Um, in the in the article, I didn't I didn't notice, but I, uh, I I did read it a couple of days ago. One of the things I'm big on is having things that are multi-use. So yeah, the the Mark has a lot of advantages and a lot of things that I use it for regularly. That not that's not it as a weapon. And yeah. so the fact that I can use it as a weapon, that's great. Uh, just like a, there's a pen out there that I travel with. It's called a Zebra F701. And it's a plain stainless steel uh, ballpoint click pen. And so they're they're like ten or twelve bucks, and it's pen. But any of the like any of the people selling the tactical pens and stuff like that, and some of these things get up there for like two hundred dollars. Yeah. Like there's there's some seriously seriously expensive tactical pens out there. Well, a zebra a zebra F seven oh one solid stainless steel. Um, so you can go through and, and first of all, it writes really nicely. Uh, but secondly, you can go through and use it for something else. So I'm really big on having, uh, having some mileage for my weight or some mileage for my bulk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I've, I like, I like that euphemism, a tactical pen. It's almost, <laughs> it's, it's just, it has, uh, it conjures up very, um, interesting images but well, you're uh, you're a word guy right so 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 what does tactical mean right we're we're working towards a specific objective yeah so it could be writing a thank you note right making somebody feel properly thanked was the objective the the, the right. word tactical has kind of come to mean nothing now yeah yeah i i can see that but uh I mean, it sounds like it was a great trip, and sounds like you you uh, got a lot out of it. And I guess you'll be going back, probably, you know, at some point in the future, I would imagine. And hopefully, whetted the appetite for further explorations down under. And uh, when you do come back, you'll have to share those with us as well. Um, but uh, we're just about running out of time here, Ace. So I want to thank you for joining us and sharing a little bit of your experiences about your Australia trip and your gear advice. And um, I guess we will visit again soon. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right, Ace. Uh, folks, this is, uh, I'll let uh, Ace Johnson go here, the co-owner of Delta 2 Alpha, the uh, knife manufacturing company. And he just shared his stories of his Australia trip with us and we'll hope to have him back soon. Ace, thanks for um, having been with us. It's always a pleasure, Quintus. And I think that will wrap up our podcast here today at Fortress of the Mind. I appreciate you joining us. Hope you've enjoyed my discussion with Ace Johnson at Delta2Alpha.com And until next time, I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.